You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It's Wednesday the 15th of February. We've got plenty to get through. It's a lighter episode today. We are going to be doing a, a good bit of looking ahead, a um, bit of this weekend, a bit of um, Cheltenham Festival as well, and uh, some news internationally from, from the flat scene too. Uh, we'll come to that. Jane Mangan is back for another day. Jane, great to have you back on board. How's things? I, I bet, I bet uh, Rishi's still not answering your calls, is he? He's no Richie can't do today. I think he's got to get a flight pretty soon, but that's fine. Dave Yates is in tomorrow, but uh, and 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 Maddie Plough and, and and Jonathan Harding can can do today. But oh, it's really good to have you back. Thanks ever so much. Lydia's um, on holiday. Well. on holiday. Shall we start? Listen, to, to, Jay Mangan is the only person to do the NLD two times in one week, and it's been done repeatedly. And that is a vote of confidence from 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 the the head honcho himself from Centre Parks. Let's start with Donald McCain on Manila Drama, who's got lots of entries. Where's he going to run? Well, I'm managing to do it at the moment. I'm confused myself, to be honest. <laughs> um, it's not easy. I, I, I mean, it's day by day at the moment. I mean, Kelso looks a no-brainer as a race, and I'm trying. I'm sat here now at preparation time, trying very hard to behave myself and not go because it's good ground and it's not going to get any softer. And it's too early in the year to be taking chances. It's it's a poor looking race for good money, but you know we've not got a lot of good horses around the place, so so it's um it's it's very tempting, but uh, I'm probably going to have to wait. I think is that is that because he wants softer, or it's just this time of year, good ground just doesn't just doesn't feel right. Um, he loves soft and heavy ground. I don't necessarily, he's very effective on it when some horses aren't. I don't think he's a lot worse on good ground, but there's a time of year to take a chance on good ground, and that's kind of festival's time in the spring when there's when there's grass as well. I mean, the problem is these tracks, as much as they're trying to look after them, they've had a bit of bad ground and a, and, a, uh, and a bit of racing, and the grass hasn't started growing yet. So you're racing on rolled mud, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's why, you know, proper good spring ground with a good couple of grasses. Is a different prospect. Are you more likely to get your ground at, at Gorham Park in the Red Mills, and is that likely that you go? It, 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 it sounds like it, yeah. I mean, obviously, on ratings, we probably shouldn't be there. I'm going to try and find out what turns up. It's not huge money for the type of race it is, but we're actually not badly situated for the boat and that sort of stuff, so it's something I should look at. Like I say, he's in Ascot. That looks like a no-go because of ground. Um, Kelso... It's probably going to be a no-go because of ground. Gorlands are possible. And then there's two races next weekend when the weather is supposed to break out. He's in the valuable race at Kent, over three miles, but he's also in it. There'll be a race at Newcastle, I think, at 50, at 50, 0 to one fifty chase at Newcastle mm. for their money. It's frustrating. I hate seeing weak races with no runners, but somewhere along the line, you've got, you've got to be careful. You know? mm. uh, yeah, just looking at the Red Bulls, I see what you mean. You are... I suppose it just depends what turns up, doesn't it? And, um, 
you know you you got some that are rated a good bit higher than you but equally if there's if there's three or four in it you might think hello we'll we'll roll the we'll roll the dice how attractive is kempton the following week well it's a lot of money it's a, it's a huge amount of money we think he'd get three miles around kempton he was um when he ran in the good novice chase there last year he was running a huge race race down to the second last behind peak glory and um he, he just wasn't very healthy when he came back, so we have an excuse for that day. He is most effective, and one of the reasons we're looking at Gore and, and, and Kempton and Ascot, he is most effective on the right-handed track. You know, so that all comes into it as well. Mm. Uh, okay, that's that, that's him done, even though I, I take it. Sorry, yeah. I, <laughs> great. There goes my, there goes my big uh, Manila drama goes to Ireland scoop. Great. Um... No, but I get this. In the gr- the ground's a nightmare at the moment, isn't it for you for these type of horses? It's awful. You're going out every day, feeling you're taking a bit of a chance, and it's not a nice feeling. But you know, we, I, I've got lots of horses to run, and you want to support the job. But someone once told me it's better to regret not running than to regret running. Because if you regret running, you mean you come up with a problem, and it's a long, long, long time before you can sort that out. You know, um, and that's just where we are. It's it's, it's the weather's crazy and it's it's really frustrating. Um, Maximilian's in the Albert Bartlett was good last time. Is that the aim or there's something else on the agenda? Um, having spoken to Dan from, from owners group, we always plan to go to Aintree uh, as the main target. Um, we, we all feel it's a better place to go. Um, the problem between now and then is it's a long time to wait just to go to Aintree and... And, and there aren't many places to go at all. There's next to none. I had a look for three-mile novice hurdles and things, and, there's, and they're very few and far between. So we need to have a conversation. Is he good enough to go to Cheltenham? Yes, he is. Um, it's just whether we want to go down that road at this point because he, um, he's his own man and we could easily turn him the wrong way at the same time. Yeah. You know, he's very talented. He's very talented, but he, he has his own mind and I don't want to make a mess of him at the same time. Okay, would he need to run before entry? I'd like to. He doesn't have to, but I'd like to. I could get a gallop in somewhere if I really need to. He had a hard enough, he had a hard enough race at Doncaster that I don't need to run it, but I, w- I would, for comfort's sake, if there was a, if there was a, I was hurdle somewhere a month before entry, that would be ideal, you know? Okay, all right. Um, well, good stuff, and yeah, look forward to seeing where Manila drama goes. Hope you get a bit of rain. Jane, we now know, so I recorded that a little bit earlier, um, we now know that Donald, I didn't think he was going to declare for, for for Kelso, but he has, and he's just sent a message saying, I'm going to have to go and walk it um, to see if it's suitable. So he's he's going after the easier race, but it, he, he's definitely concerned about the ground, and a lot of trainers are going to be at the moment, with the particularly with their soft ground horses. It's It's quicker than we'd expect. Yes, you know where he'll get guaranteed safe ground? Goran Park on Saturday. It was a very enterprising piece of of entering. I I thought of for a horse that he says needs a right handed track. That Red Mills Chase Grade Two on Saturday looked like it was a bit uh, inspired. It looked like it would be made for him, but it maybe will be a hotter race than the three o'clock on Saturday at Kelso that he's that he has declared for. But look, he was in the Ascot Chase as well, where he was going to be a, a big outsider. I can see why he's declared for Kelso, but um, the ground is officially good there. And will they get sufficient rain? Mm, not looking likely. 
Well, no, I don't. I, I think it's going to be a case of of walk it and see. I still don't think he's a by any stretch. He's a he's a definite runner there. Um, just on that Red Mills, it's got a history of some some pretty good winners. Chicago Grey won it. Champagne Fever, good old Bally Casey, uh, Monolee, Chris's Dream, Melon last year. Willie Mullins is is well represented in there. We, we we're looking likely to have a pretty small field, aren't we? Depending on what Miles Morris does with with French Dynamite. Yes, just seven entries in both the Red Mills Hurdle and the Red Mills Chase. Oton Clure is the name that will catch a lot of people because he was basically flooring Fakir Duderie's French Dynamite um, and Shaq and Persuas when we, when we last saw him fall at the last in the uh, Horse and Jockey Hotel at Thurless. But Capadano was a very good horse for Willie Mullins and JP McManus last year. He's a live outsider for the Ryanair Chase. Um, and of course Janadil as well for the very same connection so it looks like it'll be dominated by them albeit French Dynamite is probably an improving horse uh, the Red Mills trial hurdle was won by Tehupo last year I think uh, where he floored Durasso and Durasso's got an entry but Fieldor caught my eye the horse that's been chasing he's back over hurdles with an entry in this against Sharjah who Fallen from Grace at Smallbit, getting a little bit older. Multiple grade one winning a Christmas hurdle, a two-mile hurdler. And uh, he looks like he might take up an engagement here because he's Willie Mullins' only entry in the race. And as far as the bet for Ascot chase goes, uh, Manella Drama, that's the least likely of all, all of his options, as confirmed by um, Donald. I can't believe First Flow is going to run because he's not going to get his ground. It, it, it It's going to be a, 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 a Fakir Duderi, um Shishkin probably pick Dory as well match up um no disrespect to anything else that in there um how do you see that panning out if Shishkin's back to back to his best then he just wins doesn't he over this trip does he need this distance to to sort of unlock the key to him getting back to his best well I always thought he was a a longer distance horse masquerading as a two miler just because he had the ability to win over two miles because he was always uh behind the bridle type traveler he was never a sprinter sacra or an altior who was comfortable at every stage of a two mile trip even in an arkle or a supreme he was he would always hit a flat spot so i think this could be made for him and as you say if he runs to his mark he's rated 10 pounds superior to Fakir de Deris. but we need to find out if he if he's back to that that kind of form Fakir is last year's winner he you you can set your clock by him he's steadfast he's I, the trainer seems to be very confident in him and, and with Mark Walsh on the sidelines with a back injury JJ Slevin is going to come in for the right having won on him last time um, and you mentioned Pictori as well this isn't going to be a big field either Iright is out uh, big price he's also in the Kelso race uh, Miller's bank for Alex Hales is in there as well but it looks like it could be a three-way match between Fakir Shishkin and Pictori but Shishkin is the horse we'll all be watching because now with Alaho out of the Ryanair, it looks like he might throw his hat in the ring. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if he just looked like he just got there needing every inch of the trip and, and Nicky came out and said, you know what, maybe the gold cup, but unlikely. Um, you mentioned Mark Walsh there, just on, uh, putting you on the spot here. Mark Walsh, Jack Kennedy, any idea on, on the length of their injuries and, and whether the festival is, is a, a realistic return target for them? No, both men are keeping their... their cards close to their chest because I suppose they don't know and they're going to be guided by their surgeons but 
you know, Jack, a lower leg injury. He's still got a cast on. Um, Mark, he's uh, got a vertebrae injury. And I'd imagine he's just giving it the time it needs before going back for scans and x-rays to see how the progress is being made. But it's a really frustrating time of year for jumps jockeys to get knocked out, particularly when you're those guys and have such a plethora of talent uh, to, to, to look forward to. But I think it will be a rush back for either or if not both, and uh, they'll be doing their best. Now, Church Domoro was a good winner of the 10-up at the weekend. His trainer is Jonathan Sweeney, who joins me now. Jonathan, um, he is in the National Hunt Chase only. Does that mean that race is pretty much set in stone? Um, I suppose there's nothing set in stone, but um, yeah, I suppose um, early on the time we made an entry in that, because um, that seems a, seems a suitable loss for Oh, that race seems suitable for him. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I suppose we'll, he, he seems all right after the weekend and everything anyway. So, we'll see how things go over the next few days and things, you know. I suppose with that race, does much depend on who you can get to ride? Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose, um, yeah, sure, listen, um, we'll see close to the time. Um, I suppose, um, yeah, sure, listen, that's what I, I'd imagine this. Yeah, sure, there's plenty top, top amateurs out there, plenty very good lads. Would there, obviously that's the race he's in at the festival, um, th- does that mean it, it's only option or is there the option to nearer the time to, to, to put him in another race if you don't feel the, the National Hunt is the National Hunt Cup is, is the right option? Um, I, suppose, um, I suppose it could be an option. Again, I'd have to talk to the talk to Tom and then the owners and mm. um, I suppose we discussed about making an entry in the Browns advisory but um, yeah we didn't after mm. so um, yeah he all, I suppose he also might have an option of um, yeah so that, that's yeah that's about it I suppose yeah Go on. He also might. He, you're not going to you're not going to throw a curveball and, and, and stick him in supplement him for a gold cup or anything like that are you? I didn't know what you... You got me excited there, Jonathan. I didn't know what you were no, going to say. No, no, Small steps, baby steps. <laughs> Listen, bar, barring that monster at the top of the betting, it looks quite an open race, but there you go. Yeah, sure, listen, man. I think there's... Uh, William has three still in it, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, sure, listen, man. I think there's Christmas and... Um, yeah, sure. He looks very good, and... Um, yeah, but sure, um, yeah, sure... Uh, yeah, we're not out of place in it, like. Um, just tell me about the horse. I suppose, look, he jumped a little right, I thought, at the at the weekend, but he, he stayed very well. He's obviously got a good engine. Yeah, he, I suppose he's, um, yeah, he jumped as well a bit right. Uh, yeah, and he kind of went a little bit left in Leperstown, uh, Aiden said, but um, maybe the, yeah, I, I don't know, he seems fine anyway, so... Hmm. Um, I suppose he's learning the whole time and he, he, he's improving away all the time. He, he's a hospice and he seems to get better the farther he goes. Um, so three miles six is an unknown, but you'd imagine he's, um, you'd imagine he's, that's the type of horse he is. And just tell me, obviously, if you if you go to the National Hunt Challenge Cup, then then Aidan's not going to be riding, but he's formed a good little partnership with Aidan. Was it always the plan to, to keep him on board for the 10 up? I suppose uh, how that it came about was um, 
um, Dennis O'Regan had rode him in, rode him most of his starts on the track with uh, Mac Welch, rode him in, in the Lawless and Ace. And Gary Crimmon rang me and he just said that, um, that Dennis could be in trouble with Gordon uh, at Leopardstown mm. at Christmas. So I just said, who else had you? And he said, um, just chatting away with him and he said, Aidan Coleman is over. And I said, I'll just talk to the lads. I said, should we go with Aidan? And then um, I rang the lads and they said, yes, or whatever you think, Jonathan. And then um, they said, he's a top man too. And that's how that came about. And after that, I just had the phone down to the lads and Gary rang back and he said, Dennis is after coming available. We're after committing at that stage, you know. Mm. So I said, they're two very, they're two top class men. Well, Jane, it sounds like he's going to go National Hunt Chase, Jonathan Sweeney, with Churchton Warrior, but they, yeah, there could be a curveball in there. There could be an Irish National in there. He's not He's not giving all his cards away, but... that That's the one, isn't it? That was the one he was probably hinting... Not the Gold Cup. That was the one he was probably hinting at. Yeah, I think that would be the natural right race for him. Um, while he's not completely exposed to the handicapper, um, what has he had? Four runs over fences... He broke his maiden in, in a grade two um, in what looked like a good 10-up chase. So I, I would be tempted to skip Cheltenham and look at Fairy House. We saw Guyard de Manil last year go off favourite for the race as a novice. Uh, he had a very high rating and he finished third. So he's got form with Guyard de Manil. He was no match for him at, at Christmas at Leopardstown. But I think he's a horse on the improve and you couldn't help but be impressed by, by what you saw at Navin. I have a lot of um, respect for his connections, uh, the Hagerty family who own him. I know for a fact that they've been offered quite attractive sums of money for this horse back when he was quite a good hurdler last year running up against the likes of Jinto and Jerry Colomb. But they have stuck to their guns. They have stuck by their trainer and they have um, a very... Fun, fun, enjoyable horse on their hands, and I hope he's still only an eight-year-old that he can continue to give him a good journey and be everything that's right with jump racing. Um, does he jump well enough for you for for sort of top end races? And do you see him being a, a marathon distance horse? I think when you're going slower over those longer trips, he jumps perfectly economically. He's not a horse that's seventeen hands that has this abundance of scope, but he is economical. Um. He's, yeah, I, I, I don't. He's, he's not a substantial horse. If you see him, he's quite narrow and light. But that might just help him stay going for longer. Um, I think, I think he's a horse that will stay. Martin Trips, his trainer, seems to be of the same opinion. Um, but I don't think he's a horse that will take an awful lot of running for that reason because there's not a lot of them there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they might think of the National Hunt Chase. But you look at that and think. I probably won't beat Guyard de Manil and while they won't shy away from just one horse, there will be more than just Guyard de Manil in that race. Of course, it'll also depend on what an amateur rider they can get their hands on. Everybody will be um, ringing Derek O'Connor and Jamie Codd and Rob mm. James and all the, you know, the, the go-to amateurs for that race. But just wouldn't surprise me if they thought about the big prize in Fairy House because... The Irish National is a very lucrative race. It's a very prestigious race. And here at home, it's one of the best races to try and win.
He is one of 191 Irish horses left in the nine novice races. I'm including in that, obviously, the Mayor's Novice and the, the Triumph Hurdle at the latest entry stage. Um, there are 355 in total. So we're well over half of, of those 355 remaining in the novice races trained in Ireland. And just on those novice chases, I suppose one thing that, that sort of leaps out at me is compared to, say, 46 in a Supreme and in a Ballymore um, 64 entries you've got 24 total entries left in the brown advisory in the turners you've got 27 in the national hunt chase you've got 23 and in the uh, sporting life article you've got 22 so you'd expect there to be fewer fewer um novice entries in the chases but um i, pre- I preface with everything i'm saying about the channel festival with i'm cannot wait for the channel festival just about my favourite week of the year, and I think it's bloody brilliant. But um, as far as the amount of horses running in them, I don't know, that National national Hunt chase now, it's just um, it's a very different type of race to that which it was, Jane. Yeah, you kind of now get the feeling that there is one novice chase too many because the novi- the, the National Hunt chase is not what it was uh, when it was known as affectionately the four-miler. Um, but, you know, certain criteria has changed and I think it has lost somewhat of its luster. Last year, it was complete walkover with Statler and it just wouldn't surprise me if it turned into something similar with Guy Yard and Manil this year. Uh, the latest confirmation stage uh, for connections of this podcast it will be notable that gentleman's game has been taking out taken out of the brown advisory by mouse mars disappointing i thought he was quite good in his beginner's chase at leopardstown we won't see goshen at all at the Shetland festival that's not a surprise he's been taken out of both the stairs and the champion hurdle scarlet and dove last year's runner-up went down fighting against ellie may in the mayor's chase she won't be going head to head with that sparring partner this time around she's out for the season after meeting with a setback according to her trainer joseph o'brien um there's 11 remaining in that mayor's chase including last year's winning winner ellie may of course the antipost favorite allegory devassi and the filly i really like in it is impervious 46 as you mentioned left in the supreme including lucia she's the only mayor left in it at this stage but Nikki Henderson has left her in, but taken out jet-powered. Gordon Elliott has taken out Irish Point. And Champ Kylie remains with one entry at the Cheltenham Festival, not in the Supreme, but in the Ballymore. William Mullins has scratched nine of his 12 from the National Hunt Chase. As you mentioned, we're going to have a small enough field in that race. He's left in Guyer, Dominil, Tenzing and Ramillies. And it's all starting to take shape. Everything is is leading towards Presbury Park now, but a lot of horses with double treble entries. There were just a few of the defections from the latest confirmation stage. Where does Lucia run, do you think? Go on, price it up for me. Or give me a percentage chance of, of Lucia running in a Supreme over a Mare's Novice. She'll go to the Mare's Novice. There's no Correct. point in pricing it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could, could at least give me a, could at least entice me in with a price, Jane. Make it exciting. Yeah, I, I, I nearly failed maths, so let's not go there. I'll take eights on. Um, I mean, if she was mine, that's where I'd go because there's there's the option there. So there you are. Um, what what of the the amount of Irish um, entries in those that, compared to compared to overall? And do you know, I nearly was going to pose this podcast as are we set for more Irish domination at the in the novice races but then I look back at last year of the nine races we're we're talking about the um nine novice races including the triumph in that how many were won by Ireland last year do you think Jane I venture to say five 
yes, you're very annoying. Well done. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought, at the top of my head, I would have said more. But it, yeah, I do five, remember five, four, standing. Five, I remember standing beside Nick and Jonathan Neeson last year, and they were they were starting to believe that the tide had turned after day one, and then yeah. day two hit, yeah. and the uh, the tsunami kept falling or kept coming. So we we are not infallible, but we have a greater number of the highest rated horses in training. So we should have the majority of the entries, whether they turn up and run to their rating on the day is a whole different ballgame. OK, I've got another question for you. If you get this right, I'm going to end this podcast right now. OK, of the nine races this year, how many Irish favourites are there currently? Probably eight. Oh, you see, it's a good job you got that wrong. Seven. Okay. Seven. Lucia and um, Hermes Allen for the Ballymore, the current British favourites. Last, just... time, last time I looked, Willie Mullins had favourites for 14 of the 28 races. Mm. And not just that, but if you look at, I was I was going through the betting for the Arkle yesterday. I think he's got three of the top four in the betting. Um, no, sorry, Supreme, three of the top four in the betting and four of the top six in the betting in the Arkle. I mean, it's, you know, he's... Goodness me, he's got some arrows. Are we say it year on year. I, I find it hard to quantify whether or not it's getting stronger or whether it's just a, just staying the same. I don't know. But either way, it's pretty frightening. Uh, I would venture to say it's getting stronger because you feel that not only now is he winning the big races here, but he's he's winning them with second and third strings and he's mopping up the placings as well. We see it here at Dublin Racing Festival. He's had five of the six runners in the Arkle and you know it's it's now not only having a good horse it's about having the placings as well and mopping up 1.1 million euro of prize money over two days at the Dublin Racing Festival is frightening Well, a, a regular guest on this podcast throughout um, subjectivist career and then in the aftermath of, of his what we thought may be his, his career ending injury um, Jim Walker has, has sort of kept us up to speed and I'm delighted to say that, that Jim joins us now um, from somewhere in the world on his birthday and I'm very, very grateful of you for, for, for you for joining me, Jim, um, with this news that Subjectivist will run again and, and he'll go to Saudi and this is all very exciting. Yeah, it's exciting to say the least, Tom. Uh, I'm in Hong Kong, by the way, but uh, uh, I'll be heading to Saudi uh, a week on Friday uh, via Doha. Um, and uh, fingers crossed he, he manages to get to the race. It's uh, It's been a long slog for him. Of course, for a year he had nobody on his back at all. Uh, but he's been in training now since September and uh, steadily building up the, uh, the canters and uh, then the fast pieces of work. Nothing like a race, admittedly. This is going to be a big test. Had you, had you sort of half given up hope or not? Well, we'd never given up hope, but uh, you, you really never know with these kinds of injuries whether a horse can come back or not. And to be quite honest, the, the, even getting up to the cantering stage um, in training is, is a test. Um, so he's come through those tests perfectly well, uh, and that's encouraging. Uh, so it was just too good to, to write off and send away and too young so we, we really just had to have a go yeah I think we, we've we missed him the division in many ways has missed him but 
Look, it's great he's back. Why Why Saudi is the first port of call? Um, I, I think the, the, it's, it's all about timing and testing. Um, we, we had hoped that we might go back to Royal Ascot this year, but uh, the decision we took uh, early in the year, last year, February, was that that was going to be too much of a rush and too little time to heal. Um, but at the same time, you know, keeping him off for another year almost would have been uh, almost the other extreme. So Saudi Arabia is an attractive prize money race. Mm. It can be quite an attractive race in terms of the, the, the opposition because, as you know, it's a handicap, mm-hmm. not, a, um, not a, a group race, uh, a level weights race. So he's giving weight all round, admittedly, but... Uh, if he comes back to anything like his rating, he should be well handicapped. Yeah, oh, well, well, he should be, shouldn't he? And he should, you know, there'll be some of those that there'll be some riders in there that need to do pretty lightweights and other horses if uh, or when he when he rocks up. Um, I think well, it's, about the... it's a relatively limited handicap, Tom. So the the, the, the weight's only go down to about eight stone, um, eight stone nine or something like that. Mm. Uh, so it's not too bad for them. And I think it's one of the only handicaps. Um, that you'll ever get sort of a big draw for. They they do the draw for the Saudi Cup and the Red Sea Turf handicap on the same day, so that makes it a bit more of a bit more of a fanfare. Um, when do you get in there, Jim? Well, we wouldn't get in until uh, basically the Saturday morning. We'll leave Hong Kong on the Friday, um, travel to Doha more or less overnight, and then fly in early morning to to Riyadh. And has we? That's listen. That's all right. That's that. That's not the. That's not the main reason to go there, Jim. What's the? What, what's it been like? We know the affection you have for for all your horses, but but of course this horse. Um, has it been sort of quite exciting seeing him or hearing about him at home come back, seeing the progress he's making at home? Has it sort of you know given you a spring in your step, building up to his return? Well, I don't know, sleepless nights is more like it, Tom, to be quite honest, because you're always waiting for the uh, the bad phone call. But uh, I, I don't usually um, talk to Ch- Charlie or Mark uh, very frequently about horses in training. My, my philosophy is always that if I don't hear from them, everything's going fine. Uh, so uh, I've kind of left well alone, and it's only in the last two or three weeks that we've, uh, we've been communicating very much. But... Uh, all, goes, all seems to be going well, and uh, we've got the added bonus that, uh, that fingers crossed, Joe Fanning's going to be back ready to, to ride him as well. Jane Subjectivist then is is going to make his return uh, in Saudi, um, which is it's great for the division. You know, when he's when he's on top form, he's going to be a very tough horse to beat. I guess the question is, does does that top form remain? We you only really find out on the track, don't you? Yes, uh, it's been over 600 days. Uh, the last time we saw him, he took down Princess Zoe, Spanish Mission and Stradivarius in the June 2021 Ascot Gold Cup. He's now a six-year-old um, and we're going to see him in the Red Sea Turf Handicap, the $2.5 million one-mile seven furlong staying test uh, on what will be guaranteed to be good ground at the Riyadh track. So, I, for one, um, I'm really pleased to see him back. There was a, a question mark whether we would see him in public again, whether he'd be retiring off to stud. But uh, it's it's very encouraging that we've got him back. Now, a lot of people listening in might be thinking, OK, a horse who's had a tendon injury coming back on good ground at, uh, at uh, Riyadh, 
is that wise? Well, he did actually win the Dubai Gold Cup on good ground. Uh, he did win the pre-Royal local course on heavy, but he's been versatile in the past. And the Johnsons are obviously happy that this is a good place to start him back. This race uh, was contested by a couple of good European horses last year, including Princess Zoe, but probably none of this guy's calibre. Well, Saffron Beach's trainer, Jane Chappelheim, joins me. Um, sad news, Jane, that, that she's she's not going to race again, but, you know, she's well. She's got an exciting career coming up. And, um, yeah, you, you had some lovely words about her yesterday. Yeah, no, it's, it's sad for everyone involved, but um, she's going out with injury-free and she just, you know, the scope wasn't clear and it was a high risk to put her on a flight to Saudi and we didn't want to do that to her. And um, it's sad for the new connections, but it's it's what happens when you're in England in a cold winter. So, mm. Mm. so she'll, she'll head up to Judmont probably on Monday and she'll have a happy retirement and a date with Frankel. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? Um, was Frank was Frankel always the main target? I believe so. Yep, I believe that's what His Highness, when he purchased her, he always had um, a plan to send her to Frankel. Hmm. Yep. Um, she's been remarkable, hasn't she? She's just been she's been ever so consistent. She's been ever so tough to take to take her racing. And for for you, she has she she's been a, a bit of a. She's uh, the horse I think people will really associate with you now for, for years to come. Yeah, it's, it's nice. And um, she was tough in the guineas. Um, and then she came back and she's had two Group 1 successes and a nice one at Royal Ascot in the Duke of Cambridge. So they're going to be happy memories and happy videos to look back at yeah you didn't you didn't duck much either i think you, there was a lot of respects on social media yesterday for how you campaigned her pretty aggressively yeah but she's, she was a tough man she could take it and um you know we're, we're, we're lucky when they come along and lucky to have her for her four-year-old career and it's a shame we haven't got her this year but she doesn't owe us anything she's been good okay have you got the na next saffron beach somewhere in the yard there Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking now. And there's some heads bobbing out. I don't know. We've got we've, we've got a lot of ammunition this year, and um, so hopefully we find something. I feel like it's a regular thing on the Nick Luck Daily now that Nick or I sort of dig around for the next star at Jane Chapelheim's yard, and you don't give us a name. We can make a feature out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got I've got a nice colt that was second in the Zeppelin called Blanchland. Yes, he's he's wintered very well, and um, Guinea's so Guinea's trial. Um, he's going to be in the Guineas and in the field, and so we'll just we'll just see how he progresses in his gallops as the weeks go on. Do you see him as a middle distance horse then next year? I see him. I see him for the season as a as a. Derby horse, so maybe I'm going to work backwards from the Derby, and it's Mr. Harris's, and um, he'd be keen to ha have a go in the Guineas because he feels that's the best Derby trial. Mm. So we'll just see what happens over the next few weeks when we start, you know, picking up their workload. Is, is Mr. Harris involved with Centre Parks? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. and Butlands, yeah. and yeah. you know where Nick is, don't you? Oh, he's probably 
probably at Centre Park. <laughs> top of the yeah, he is. There you go. It's all coming. It's all coming together. Um, listen, what's yeah, I what? Don't think he get, I don't think he gets any free rides. <laughs> I really don't think he does. What's um, what, what what's staying out in Dubai, Jane? You've you've campaigned a few horses out there. Anything going going in the couple of coming weeks? Yeah, um, Friday week we've got Nazika and Misha running in the seven furlong handicap on the turf. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. It's unfortunate they're going to be in the same race, but we felt that Misha, um, he didn't really handle the dirt, even though he's American bred, so we're going to put him back on the turf. And um, Nazika's just progressed and has really adapted now to um, the Dubai weather and is thriving, so I'm looking forward to her running. And then International Angel, she'll go for the conditions race, seven felons on the turf on Super Saturday. Cheers, Jane. Good luck. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. What a, a mare Saffron Beach was. Uh, I always held great affection for her. Um, and I think largely that was due to, to Jane Chappelheim as well. She's a very popular trainer. Um, she did great work with Saffron Beach, who who had some real foot issues when she came to her. And she campaigned her pretty aggressively as well and was, was rewarded for it, Jane. Yes, I do think that was a big appeal, not only the fact that we all love a good filly, um, but Jane Chappelheim is such a, a charismatic character, uh, very genuine and very good at what she does. Uh, this filly was was a very good filly for her. Six wins from 13 starts, including the Sun Chariot and the pre-Rothschild. She first came on my radar when she was second, just beaten by Mother Earth in the Newmarket Guineas. And she absolutely romped home in the Duke of Cambridge at Royal Ascot last summer. She was purchased for 3.6 million by Naj Stud to run uh, in the Saudi Cup, but of course they would have known that he she was coming to the end of her career anyway and would probably have had uh, a breeding career in mind when they paid that sum of money for her. Um, she has spoke dirty and won't be running in their colours, but she does have a very important date with Frankel. And can you really think of a better match for the filly by Nube, who uh, who's going to visit the champion? Uh, go on, just from from your with your breeding hat on. Um... What what would you expect from a the offspring of of Saffron Beach and Frankel? Well, she had pace to be to 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 be a very good miler, but stayed a little bit further. We know Frankel can get you basically anything. He can get you a stare. He can get you speed. I I, I think you could end up with uh, you could end up with a classic distance horse. You could end up with a, a ten furlong mile and a half, but. I think with her, she was very well trained to keep a lid on her mind. And we know that Henry Cecil did the same with Frankel. So I'd say the offspring will need similar um, delicate horsemanship because uh, they they might be supremely talented, but they've got a little bit of fire on both sides. It's Wednesday. That means it's Hong Kong time. Here is the Croc Jim McGrath. We are at the halfway stage in the Hong Kong season, 44 race days behind us and another 44 to come before the season ends in mid-July. Zach Purton is bolting away with the Jockeys' Championship, as you all know. He's got 90 wins on the board already and surely has a sporting chance of getting the century up by the end of February. 
Meanwhile, John Size heads the trainers, though that's a lot closer. Size is on 35. His protege, Frankie Law, is second on 33. And Golden 60s trainer Francis Loy, currently third on 30, just ahead of the Hong Kong legend Tony Cruz on 29. Mention of Golden 60 means it's an appropriate time to report that the old champion had another barrier trial at Sha Tin this week. It was the usual stuff. He went around on the bridle, but connections are delighted with his progress ahead of a return bout with Romantic Warrior, who he beat in an epic Stewards' Cup over a mile at Sha Tin last month. Vincent Ho was happy, so was Francis Loy, so it's onwards and upwards towards the Hong Kong Gold Cup at Sha Tin on Sunday week. This time, Romantic Warrior tackles his optimum 2,000 metres, a mile and a quarter. I think it could be an even more fascinating clash than the Stewards' Cup was, and that was a cracker. Hong Kong's racing supremo, Winfried Engelbrecht Brezges, is in Melbourne this week. In his role as chairman of the Asian Racing Federation, he's leading the 39th Asian Racing Conference, which is three days of talks, discussions and seminars on racing, worldwide in fact, not just confined to Asia. But, as ever, there is racing at, uh, in Hong Kong at uh, this Wednesday, nine races at Happy Valley, and I'm tipping Hugh Bowman to dominate the card. Hugh, of course, has announced that he's going to stay for the rest of the season in Hong Kong, and since he's done that, he's attracted even more support from owners, owners and trainers, and he currently is sitting in fourth position on the jockeys list with 24 wins, and that's not a bad effort, considering he gave them quite a start. He was late, a late arrival on the scene. Anyway, I'm tipping that his best ride is in race 8, number 2 Red Lion, trained by John Size. Now, Red Lion is trained by, or was trained by, Andy Slattery in Ireland. And Andy's a pretty astute judge in picking a Hong Kong horse. He sent some very useful types out there. And uh, this one looks like he could be one as well. That's uh, Red Lion. Red Lion was seventh in the Britannia at Royal Ascot, which is quite often a showcase for, for Hong Kong talent. But he was two from eight in Ireland, including a win at the Curra. I think he's pretty handy. He hasn't broken through as in Hong Kong as yet, but he's had only five starts, and I think this is the day. So race eight, number two, Red Lion, to beat number six, Lucky Eight. Uh, just uh, a race earlier, in race seven, number seven, A Americ de Spexo. Uh, a bit of a mouthful, but that's another one trained by John Size, and Hugh Bowman is, sad, is uh, riding this one for the first time. This is a New Zealander, a Purin Canto gelding, who has shown a lot of promise so far in his races, and I think this is the, his race to break through as well. So race seven, number seven, uh, A Americ de Spexo. Uh, to be ridden by Hugh Bowman. So that's Happy Valley today. Good luck to you all, and I'll have more on the Hong Kong Beat next week. Do you have a tip for me, Jane? I do. I'm going to go to Hereford today. We're going for the three o'clock. The, uh, the brother to Palace Pier is in here, Highland Frolic. He's not my tip. The brother to Canford Cliffs. Toronto's in this race. He's not my tip. Habrakan, one of two runners for Milton Harris. He is a handicapped debutante with Harry Reid aboard. He's a four-year-old with what looks like an attractive mark. Cabrican to beat the flat horses in the three o'clock at Hereford. 
So, so you've not gone for the the brother to all the sexy horses. You've gone for Cabracan, who the is the horse by divine prophet. Hang on, he's listen. This is a this is a a half brother to Rate Exchanged, no less. Uh, Rate Exchanged, who who did run once at, at Limerick and was beaten eight and a half lengths. I should mention the favorite is also by Galileo out of a Group One winning mare, Pleasant Man. Yeah. But uh, let's just say it's February. And while the ground isn't heavy, I think it's time for Milton Harris to shine, not some Group One bred flat horse. Uh, Pleasant man who who ran eight days ago, no less. I rem- remember being there, and um, Paul Nichols couldn't believe he hadn't gone and won. Uh, he was a little frustrated on the day. There we are. It's quite an in-depth preview of the three o'clock at Hereford. Have you ever been to Hereford, Jane? Never, and I don't think I don't think I'll ever be there. <laughs> to be honest. Well, you never. You never know. I never haven't either. Never. We we should we should we should amend this um, travesty that we've never been, and and uh, we'll make a date of it one day. Um, Jane, thanks ever so much. That's it for today, which was Wednesday, the fifteenth of February. I'll speak to you again tomorrow. Bye bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.